0: Welcome to another episode of Love with Elise Peck. I'm your host, Elise Peck, bestselling author on the topic of love, one-on-one personal love and life coach. And for thousands of hours now, I've helped people to get the love that they want in their life. And today we're joined by Dina Adams for episode 21 on the podcast. And um, this is, this is, this has got everything, okay? This is a story... Of faith, of handing it over to God, of uh, what happens when you try to be too much in control of life, um, and how when you move from fear, it creates more fear. There is, oh, there, like honestly, there's everything in here. There is infidelity, there is um, mental health challenges, there is, uh, you know, strains in the family dynamic you know what happens when the love that you have is not approved of by everyone and there's like a mass abandonment uh it is a story of like blended families in the sense that there are stepchildren and and um and then biological children and the new relationship and and all of that that goes together and uh, this is a story of someone that is you know uh er, over two decades in to this relationship the children are all now adults that have left the nest uh, and there is there is so much there is so much wisdom in here, and it's again, we see this theme coming up of surrender. Uh, and I think the real gift in this episode is just how generously and transparently Dina absolutely opens her heart and shares her absolute truth for you. She goes deep. She's not interested in glossing over and making her life seem perfect. She's willing to sit in the ugly, to sit in the messy and to bear it all uh, so that others can also, I guess, feel less alone, can connect in. Um, This is someone really owning her story, all of it, owning herself, speaking, speaking her truth. And I think, I don't know if there's a greater gift that other humans can give us. I don't know if there's a greater gift than someone opening up and sharing their truth in a way that makes other people out there feel less alone because for once they don't feel like everyone else has it all together and everyone else is perfect and it's only them that's got this messy life happening and it's not everyone has got a messy life happening to what extent are they going to show you is really um, what, what, what's going on here and Dina really you know shares it with us she takes us on the journey and she doesn't just take us through the highs and but she also takes us and is is very transparent about the lows so this is really amazing um, and I'm so grateful for for Dina and her bravery and her courage and her willingness to embody and speak her truth it's a gift for us all it's also very inspiring it it might just watching someone else live and embody and express their truth could just be the catalyst or Or the thing that plants the seed for someone else to think that maybe they could just live who they authentically are, too. All right, enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Love with Elise Peck. I'm your host, Elise Peck. And today on the podcast, I have Dina Adams. And what is very intriguing about Dina today is that my very last episode was also with a Dina. Who came on wearing the exact same color? So they both were in this bright pink, and I can't, I can't help but wonder if there's going to be uh, any similarity in the wisdom shared, or if there is something to it, or if it's just a really, really strange coincidence. Um, but what I'm really excited about about having Dean on the podcast today is that um, we're going to hear about, I guess, a 21 year marriage that also has children from before uh, that has come together as a blended like, a family. And I think there's going to be uh, some really important wisdom in that for us today, but also 21 years of anything is you're a master at that point. If you're 21 years in and you're still wanting to talk about your partner in a loving way, uh, you have got wisdom for us. So um, I would love uh, Dina to actually introduce herself in a second and and let us know um, a, a bit about a bit about herself. So Dina, welcome onto the podcast.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here and to be able to share our story. Yeah, I'm thrilled. So are you able to just share a bit
0: about who you are or your your bio or intro?
1: Yeah. So um, I am, let's see, where do I start? I am a mom. I always like to start with that. That's an important thing to me. Um, All of our kids now, we have five together total, Um, they're all adults. And so we're in a whole new season of, of parenthood. Um, my husband and I have been married for 21 years. We've been together for 22. And I am an entrepreneur. I'm strong in my faith. And life can be extremely challenging. And I've learned that the most important thing for me to remember is change is inevitable. And so that's been kind of our story is constant change.
0: I love that. I love that. And I feel with that, there must be a real ability to be agile and adaptable. If you've come to that conclusion that change is inevitable. Uh, I, there's this kind of saying from the, I believe it's a Tao Te Ching that the secret to longevity is infinite flexibility. So mm. yeah, that's so good. I love that. Yeah. Would you, was, does that resonate in terms of if change is inevitable, do you feel like that's how you've been or you've had to become more flexible? like that?
1: I've had to become, I was very rigid. Like I, when our kids were younger, um, because I was a single mom for a while. So our kids are his, mine and ours. Um, he had a daughter. I had two boys and then we had two kids together. So I was a single mom of two boys and I was, um, still trying to figure it out. I mean, I was 20 years old with two kids going, I don't know what life is going to bring. And I didn't really have anything figured out, didn't know what direction life was going to take me. And I, beca- I became very rigid in do- doing all the things I thought I had to do to get it right, which meant I screwed up even more probably. <laughs> um, and so over the years, um, when my husband and I got married and we had two more kids together, I literally sat down every night with a half sheet of paper. And it was, I, to the minute, I had my next day planned out. Wow! And it wasn't like 30 minutes here, 30 minutes. It was like 9.36, this happens. 10.22, this will happen. 11.58, like it was down to the minute because there was so much to do. And so much responsibility in being a stay-at-home mom because I was not a stay-at-home mom before I worked and being a stay-at-home mom was, I didn't, I don't know. It it was just not something I embraced, I feel like, like I should have at the time. Um but I did. It's like, here's when I can go grocery shopping. Here's when I can do all these things because then I have to pick up the boys from school and then I have to do these other things. And so I had to be really rigid in everything that I did. Later on, fast forward, however many years I've learned that I need to be more flexible in, even though I have an agenda, even though I have a plan, I had to really step back in my faith and be like, Am I really living for my, like, this is for me, right? I need to stop doing that. I needed to live for my faith. I had to trust that God knew better than I did. And so I stepped back, I guess I would say a year ago. Okay, so this is a long time. I stepped back a year ago and said, okay, God, regardless of my agenda, regardless of my plan, I want your plan to be fulfilled today. So even if my calendar is packed full and something comes in to change it all up, instead of stressing out, panicking and all of that, I have to trust that you'll take care of everything. Everything that has to get done in the grand scheme of things will get accomplished. And maybe that day it was more important for me to hang out with my family because unexpectedly one of our sons showed up at the house or you know my husband decided hey i i want to go out and do this thing and it's like oh okay i guess i'll just stop my day and go do it and that's really hard for me because all these years with him working and the kids in school i did everything that i planned and so i didn't leave room for fluidity i didn't leave room for flexibility i didn't leave room for anything to change and so when anything shifted, it would cause me so much stress and frustration that it just became um, probably my biggest stressor was if something was going to change. I'm actually super excited to
0: unpack this even further because my my brain just takes everything and puts it into like mental models, and the mental model I've got coming up is. Uh, From one in one situation, you're moving from your head and fear, which is uh, when I have a belief that when a feminine energy person is moving that way, they have like a masculine energy and it can Mm -hmm. disrupt polarity in relationship. And on the other, you went into this, what I what I call a feminine energy of surrender, of trusting life, trusting yourself, trusting God and like letting go and letting God or, you know, letting go and letting life. It's sort of this uh, surrendering and over, letting be still showing up, uh, but with a different energy, with an energy of, of flow and flexibility. So I am fascinated in a moment to unpack what that meant in terms of your relationship uh, uh, through those different phases. And if you notice, it, it, it had a different impact on the dynamic between you and your husband as you were shifting in and out of these different ways of doing life. But just quickly, something I wanna say before that is, something i've seen as a trend with uh, really you know uh, people that seem very much on path is some of them say things like i wake up each day and i say god how will you use me today or i wake up each day and i believe it's not even about me i believe i am a vessel and life is working through me or they yeah. say you know i just feel like there was a calling greater than me uh, and I let it work through me, which I also see as like a feminine energy of like receiving wow. and expressing. And so I just, I love that you have mentioned that as well, that about a year ago you had that that thought of tr- doing life that different way of, you know, okay, but but what's your plan? You know, what is life's plan? What's God's plan? Like what if I'm, because often we'll, we'll get ourselves off our path, it's again from the Tao Te Ching, another one, <laughs> but it talks about, um, if you take the carpenter's knife, uh, basically the, the idea is if you try to carve your own life out of life, you will ruin the masterpiece. Um, mm. that, that, that was meant for you, that there is a wisdom of, I want this, but I'm open to actually my path being even better or different. Uh, and that is this, this energy of, of surrender, which I have found that when people hit surrender, that's actually when really amazing love comes into their life. So what I'd like to do, I mean, there's so much clearly I'm excited by and I want to unpack there, <laughs> but,
1: but what I what I would
0: think would be really cool to do is I would love to go back to the energy you were in when you first attracted in your husband. So when you first mm. met your husband, uh, what was your mindset like at that time, like just leading up to that and and sort of at that point, how what were you like at that point?
1: So... A very big life-changing event happened 45 days prior to meeting my husband.
0: Okay.
1: I was in another relationship. I was engaged and I was living with this person. And all of a sudden, one day, cops showed up at my house. And it was very traumatic. It was very confusing Um, come to find out that the man I was engaged to at the time had a mental illness, was not on his medication. I didn't know this because part of this is they are also very secretive and manipulative. And I was very gullible and very much in love with someone wanting to be with me, as opposed to being in love with the person. And we found out after he was arrested that he had a plan he had planned um to kill me and my two boys and it was very um eye-opening in the sense that i realized as long as i'm continuing to try to control the bigger picture because here i'm still in the big picture at this point um I can control all the little things, but you know, if God wants to have a plan in place, whatever. Right. And so I realized I was still trying to control the plan. I was trying to control who I didn't, didn't come into my life. I was very much in trying to control everything. And so when this came about, I just sat down and said, all right, God, when you have, I've obviously made really bad not always bad choices, but just not the person I should be with. And I chose them anyway. And I'm going to leave it to you. I'm done. I'm done looking. I'm done trying. I'm going to just live for me and my boys and do what I know I can do. And if, and when you have someone you want as my husband and their father, you will show me. And again, it was that full surrender that you're Mm -hmm. talking about. And I think we don't, always live in full surrender every day, all the time. And we'll surrender the big things in the moment. And then we take control back, right? We let God do something and we ask him in and then we take back control again. And, you know, I know not everyone believes the way I do. So whatever your faith is and whatever that looks like for you tr- translate that into your own belief, because I think it's important for us to be able to have it be relatable to us. But for me, that's, that's what that looks like. Um, And so 45 days later, um, my best friend at the time, I was stroller in hand, my other friend with her daughter and my best friend, and it was um, the town celebration that they do every year and we walked into the restaurant bar and it was so loud and so busy and the the little girls were doing their big spanish dance with their dresses and there there was not an empty seat in the house and it was so loud and these people got up and left so there was one table and my friend said oh there goes my dad and stepbrother out the back I'm gonna go see if they want to eat lunch with us and they walk back he walks back in her dad was Going to go do something else but her brother stepbrother decided to come join us and he walked in and what's weird is we went to high school together but i didn't know him in high school but i knew his siblings which was really weird for me i don't remember him at all which is so funny um but as soon as he walked in and i saw him it was it was so corny it's almost like a movie where everything goes quiet and everything goes out of focus and there's like this golden light around him and that's the only thing in focus and everything just stopped and everything started to move in slow motion. And I just instantly said, okay, God, I got you. I, I understand. That's him. That was it. Wow. I'm not going, I wasn't going to allow anyone in my life to tell me I was making a mistake because that's all I ever heard from them anyway. So I couldn't believe that if God's saying, this is the one, that anybody would be right that he's not. And so I said, okay, that's it. And that was it for me. We hadn't even sat down and talked or anything. I was just like, okay, that's him. That's fine. We'll, we'll we'll do this. And I mean, I had met, I had met him, like I think the previous Halloween, him and his previous girlfriend had been in town to see, his, to see family and stuff. And so we all saw them, but I didn't really talk to him anything. And so this was just that moment. God said, here's, here's the one, this is it.
0: Wow I have got that was it wow I I've got so many tingles there again there is so much I want to touch on in that story I just something I feel really compelled to say which I know it's it's never always appropriate to like when someone shares a story you share a story I know but I just feel I've got to share this thing oh please do oh I so I have a I I used to be in a mother's group with a girl that was really, really strong in, I think it was Christian faith, really, really strong in it. And she had a similar story to you with, with giving birth. She said to me, it was the easiest birth. It was 45 minutes and the whole thing was a pleasure. But the whole time I was surrounded by a golden light and I knew God was with me and I was in connection with God the whole time and it was this golden light. She's like, I pretty pretty much came out in the elevator up, up in the hospital. I got there. She's like, but at no point was I panicked. I was just there and I was surrounded by golden light and out came the baby and I knew God was with me. And it's just a really similar story to. That's you. so beautiful. And I love that, it. That you, like she handed that over to God and you handed um, this process, like you surrendered it over and essentially... So the framework I use uh, is masculine, feminine, and sometimes I say to people, if you don't have masculine energy in your life and you're not feeling supported, it's really important to start seeing life as your masculine energy. And yeah. I, have different faiths and whatever that that is God, like God is essentially your biggest supporter, and 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 you're trusting that you're held, and I and it feels like. Um, yeah that, that that you you went feminine because you trusted that God had your back and that was holding you and was supporting you so therefore you could let go and then and that surrender ultimately brought you this like magical <laughs> moment yeah where, which is just so profound and I you know just to backtrack to your story of that is so frightening uh what you went through <laughs> Yeah. And, and it, it's almost like it brought you to your knees and like, wow, uh, I've got nothing here. Like, I, I hand this over now. Like, this is I. all I can do now is to let go and trust, like, let go and let God, because I was trying so hard to create something. And another thing I say is like that, uh, I think it's a Nelson Mandela quote, is may your hopes make your actions reflect your hopes not your fears because one of my philosophies is when you move from fear you get more to fear and when you move from love you get more to love right and it seems like uh for you you were creating a life that was kind of fear based i must because controlling is a lack of trust it's it's i must manage everything and if it is to be it's up to me and i'm the only one that can know Rather than seeing it as a co-creation with a greater force at play mm-hmm. um, it's a fear-based program to really control on the on the macro as you said on the big picture yeah so it's like all of that control led to like a really fearful situation not that you created it i won't want to say that i mean my goodness like wow like you know <laughs> um it's not on you that's that's someone else has got that journey going on for them with their mental health and and whatever else um, but I, I think it's really magical to say I stood back and I reflected and I learned and I, and I did hand it over. And 45 days later, I mean, this is just remarkable. This whole thing is kind of incredible. <laughs> so you have this moment and your first impression is this is the one I know. God is letting me know mm-hmm. and I'm going to trust it. Uh, and I love that you said I didn't even want to ask anyone else because something that Brennan Brown says is when you start surveying other people, it means you're not trusting your intuition. You're outsourcing your intuition. You know, you will know. Uh, and the minute you start asking others, it's because actually there's an in, inner a conflict, and you really need to go in and deal with that. So I love that you you were so when you know, that's that like the more you love your decisions, the less you needed anyone else to. It's that like because you were so solid in yourself, uh, you trusted it. There was absolute self-trust in yourself, in God, and all of this sort of stuff. So um, I love it so if you thought if you had this and, and the other thing I want to say sorry I'm just reflecting back so much that you're good no that's so fine important. but the other thing you said was that so often people flick between the two I let go of control I take it back I let go of control I take it back and I see this is a big problem in relationships people will attract in love and their hearts open oh and then as soon as they decide this person is my partner, they're an extension of me, blah, blah, blah. They go engulfing. They put expectations on and they start wanting to control that partner and the love dies. And then they go, Oh, this is no good. And then they cry and they let it all go. And they're like, well, I don't know. And then it comes back and then they just keep <laughs> the lesson just keeps repeating. It's a vicious cycle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The lesson keeps repeating until they just keep returning to the surrendered energy. So I'm loving this as such a theme today. Um, so you see, so I'm wondering if you had that to and fro. I'm wondering if you have this moment where you see him and you know this is your husband, do you panic a bit and now want to control and make it happen, or do you just let it unfold? What happens next?
1: I just let it unfold. Yeah, um yeah. which is not typical for me. Typically, God will show me something, and I will dive feet first in. I will do everything I think I'm supposed to do. And then he'll be like, "Um, I'm still standing over here when I literally just told you this." And you've tried to cram in like a whole year's worth of stuff in two days. Like, where are you? Right. <laughs> and that's just me. I'm an act, like, I just jump in and take action and just, okay, you said, this is what it's going to be. So let's just make it come to fruition right now. Oh, I What's really? the sense in the journey, right? I just want to get to the end result. I- <laughs> and so with this, it was, okay, I, I have, n- I, I can't, I'm not doing anything with it. I'm just going to let God take it. And when God does things, it's so crazy at the time I had a, I had, um, I had a roommate at the time. Um, and I, um, right, right around the time my husband and I met, um, she moved out and We had planned on, he had asked me out that night, actually, while we were eating, he asked me out to one of the concerts coming up in like three-ish weeks, three and a half weeks. So that gives you kind of the time span that all this happens. This was on June 2nd. Um, Father's Day was coming up. He was a dad. He wasn't going to have his daughter. I asked if he wanted to come over for dinner. I'd make him dinner for Father's Day. So that was 16 days later. He came over and when he got home that night, there was a note on his door. He lived with his sister and she's like, um, I need the space. You got to move out. And so I said, well, my roommate just moved out. I have a room. If you want is- to stay here until you get an apartment. Right. Cause that was the intention. Yeah. Um, he looked, so he, he said, okay. And, um, I, I, I was already all in. Like I was already there. Yeah. Um, and by the time, let's see, we were all, so we were already living together and roommates before our first date officially. Um, so we went out to the concert and all of that, but we, we've been together ever since. Wow. There was no, um, need for him to move out there was no need for him to get his own place we just Mm. worked Mm. so you we worked Mm. Mm. but I will say and this is what we come up against a lot and um, you have people in your life that don't like them yeah that don't like you yeah yeah that don't want you together that don't think you should be together and this was not a relationship that I was gonna let anybody else tell me I shouldn't have. Mm. And because of that, I lost, I mean, a lot of my family just like, we're out. Yeah, yeah. Or they they stayed in communication out of obligation to our kids. And then as the kids got older, they're like, we really don't want anything. We really want nothing to do with you. We don't like you, we don't like your husband, like all this stuff. And it was interesting to me as I look back at it, that a lot of that is I've been growing in my faith. Mm. And the stronger I get in my faith, the more I'm called a hypocrite, the more people don't like what I do. They turn against me. They have a problem with me. They don't want to talk to me about their issues. They just want to stay mad at me. Mm. The more people leave my life. Mm. And I have realized that As hard as that is, as painful as it is to know that you have family betting against your marriage, Mm. you know, that they've literally, you know, people talk behind your back. It's going to come out at some point. Mm. So I've heard all kinds of stories over the years, people slip or say something and don't mean to, and don't realize it. Mm. And we've just realized that we need to just be here for us and for our kids and the environment we were raising them in wasn't the greatest because as much as I love my family and the friends that we had they weren't supportive of us in a sense of when we see something going wrong we're going to step in and support you and say how can we help you We had most of our friends and family go, oh my gosh, what's wrong with you? We don't want anything to do with you instead. Mm. We didn't have people step in and go, oh, you're Mm. only 26 years old with five kids now. Mm. Let's see how we can support you. Or Mm. yeah, you may be 30, but you have five kids and you don't have anyone around you. So Mm. how do we come in and support you when we see you're making choices that aren't the greatest? It was, let's talk behind your back and condemn you to everybody else in the family and our, you know, everyone else around and leave you to flail. Mm. And then your kids hear all this stuff, talk behind your back. Mm. They hear, you know, they don't know that, um, they don't know all the things that are going on. Right. And so it's, it's just it's it puts you in a really bad situation because you want your kids to love your family and to not use that as a reason they wouldn't be part of their life right i'm i've always been one that um regardless of my relationship with one person that's different than your relationship with that person mm. there's a different past there's a different perspective there's different experiences so just because someone is mean to me, hurtful to me, or I mean, or hurtful to them or whatever that is, doesn't mean you two still shouldn't have a relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so stepping back and allowing that to happen with your kids, with your family, when your family has very clearly kind of been like, we want nothing to do with you, Mm -hmm. but they, you know, it's a hard thing and it's a painful thing. And at the same time, it's like, Um, you know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says you will never be a prophet in your own land, meaning you can have the wisdom to say what to, you know, to share, and you might be in the right, but those who know you have familiarity with you because of their past with you and how they perceive it and their own past experiences and all of that that comes into play they will never see you as people who don't know you see you. Mm, mm. And I I like to say like, you know, there are always going to be toxic people in our life, but we also were toxic for somebody else, no matter how much we try not to be. Mm, mm -hmm, mm. And so it's just about embracing that relationship and doing everything you can. My husband and I have been through the ringer. Mm -hmm. I hear all the time people talk about men being unfaithful, but let's say, you know, women are unfaithful. Mm, mm. It is not an easy thing to deal with. And when your kids learn about your infidelity Mm. and, you know, letting them figure out how they feel about you and knowing they're probably going to hate you, they're going to be angry with you. And even though my husband and I have worked through it, and that was his choice to stay with me. And for us to figure this out, because mm-hmm. that was like three years, that was three years into our marriage, mm-hmm. three and a half, mm-hmm. right? Here we are 21 years later. There's a reason.
0: Mm. I'm so sorry. And wait. so I think it's... There he is yeah. Sorry, my <laughs> No, you're good. Yeah, no. I
1: think it's a matter of choosing to stay in love with someone mm. because you want to be in love with that person. Mm. And knowing whether or not you're able to work through things not everybody can work through that
0: no it takes a lot of strength, a lot of amazing communication and a lot of as you've said and I think the theme is choosing being intentional um, and also seeing each other through through the eyes of God right seeing that um, that you know every every human has moments where there is the path of pleasure or the path of meaning, the path of uh, delayed gratification, instant gratification or delayed gratification. There is temptation on the path. And there are archetypes of people out there that will get all the fireworks and the chemistry going, uh, which can distract you from the steady stable. And it's at the end of the day, you're human and you will, will probably falter and maybe you need to falter or whatever to or experiment to figure out what was real, to figure out what you really want. Maybe it's that that allows you to create something even better in your marriage. Um, it's, it's an interesting conversation. It's really cool that you've brought it up because I think, uh, it's one that gets people into such an energy of hate and judgment. It, they forget, they, they forget to be love on this topic. They forget because their own stuff, their own fears, their own wounds of rejection, abandonment, trauma, uh, freak out, and they put themselves in the position of the person that uh, you know was in their mind betrayed or abandoned or whatever and they forget to look at both people and understand that this was a dance and everyone is just trying to get their needs met and what was going on in the alchemy of the relationship that one person felt the, the desire to step out to get the need met you know was their need getting met i mean often you see that it's something i just want to bring up here is there's often like a demonization of someone who is more of a sexual creature. So the person in the relationship that has more sexual needs, uh, we as a society are really understanding of like, Oh, the poor woman that like, Oh, he always wants sex or, um, or the, you know, we're we're kind of, or we will really make a woman really bad if she's more sexual, but I will also make the guy, Oh, he's only thinking once we really have a lot of shame on Mm -hmm. on on that and I think often with affairs and things like that yes it's sometimes just an emotional connection but often there's a sexual connection because uh there that's a really potent energy that makes people take Mm -hmm. action so often it's when that's yeah and I like
1: that you mentioned that there's two different sides to that this was very much an emotional affair yeah um it was not a physical affair like people would think yeah. Right without going into details it was not a physical a typical physical affair mm-hmm. that most people would think this would be when you talk about infidelity yeah. but it was very much an emotional affair it was there were lines that were crossed there there were things that happened and one thing i think that's so important when things like this happen is yes i knew right i knew the moment i saw him and we still had problems. We still had things arise in our relationship that we didn't communicate about. We didn't share about, we didn't know how to talk about. We didn't have anyone to come alongside of us and support us and mentor us and be that we had, and this is a big thing. We had no one that knew how to help support us. In our marriage the way we needed with the situations we were going through mm. so as much as there were very few people in our lives I could probably count on one hand maybe one hand people that attempted to help and offer support mm. but they can only offer support from their perspective in life and what they think should happen mm right? They couldn't offer advice or support based on going through what we were going through. Mm. They didn't know how to offer support going through the traumas that we were going through, the things our family was facing, Mm. the challenges we were going through with the desires that we had. And when we were trying to get to with, with, with the individual issues that we were both facing, like we didn't have spiritual support we didn't have familial support we didn't have any of that anybody that knew any way to help us mm. and we didn't know how to help ourselves mm. Mm. and so we were drowning literally in in this and our kids are watching mm. our kids are watching everything fall apart <laughs> Our kids are going through their own traumas at this time as well that were happening. And I would say from that point forward, there has been a cloud that just continues to start to build up again in the relationships with our kids, the relationships with each other or with each other. Um, the disconnect in our relationships with our kids, the challenges we've never really been able to have this cohesive family unit. I can't tell a story like I hear some women say, oh you know my my son or daughter just wants to talk to me every day. I don't have that <laughs> and I was not that with my parents either I I didn't have this um, where our kids move out and it's this um, really hard thing, the way most parents feel. For me, it was more a feeling of when they move out, am I ever gonna see them again? Mm. Not, I'm so sad you're gonna be five hours away and we can only talk on the phone or we can only video chat. This is more, is this the end Mm. of this relationship? Mm. Am I ever going to get the opportunity to, to see them differently and for them to see me differently? Are we ever going to have an opportunity for healing? Mm. Like, so I, I think we, we will put these, um, relationships that, oh my gosh, all these great things happened Mm -hmm. in a spotlight because so many of us don't want to admit or talk about the really hard stuff. Mm -hmm. And I am such a, let's get down and dirty. Let's get into it and and go to the depth. Because if we just stay on the surface of what, you know, all my dogs barking, sorry. (laughs) Um, If we stay on the surface, we show our children to live on the surface
0: Ooh. Yeah. if
1: we stay on the surface are we truly achieving anything are we actually growing are we actually learning is god are, are you know we talk about oh i'm growing in my faith and i'm growing in all these things just because you're learning mm-hmm. doesn't mean you're growing at mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. that's why with my clients when i work with entrepreneurs it's all about life faith and business because if you are not growing, your business cannot grow to the level that it could, mm-hmm. because you are holding it back by all of your stuff. Mm-hmm. Self-discovery is one of my favorite things ever. Yes. I've been, that was how I got started in this business. Working with entrepreneurs was all about self-discovery. Mm-hmm. And so helping them set a solid foundation in their business I get to include their faith, whatever that belief system is for them. I get to include their life, their relationships, their mindset, their beliefs around all of these things, because we don't realize how much we self-sabotage because of what we don't know about ourselves. Mm, yes. We will self-sabotage our marriage,
0: mm.
1: our relationships with our kids, our money, our business. Our we'll, we'll sabotage everything and then think it's everybody else's fault and problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll project it because out. We, mm. Yeah, because we don't want to be the one responsible for anything because we don't know how to process those emotions. We don't know how to handle that and still believe we're a good person.
0: Yes.
1: Right. We don't know how to accept that and be like, this is me. Mm. This is me. Veils down. Mm. Like, this is who you get. Mm. So much and... bad
0: stuff, so much bad, so much damaging stuff is done by people who are obsessed and addicted to keeping an image of being a good person. A lot of pain is created in the pursuit of upholding an image of being a good person. It's uh, You've really got to loosen up the need for everyone to think you're a good person if you actually want to be a good person. I mean, the real, uh, I like using from Harry Potter, Snape, Snape was the true good person. <laughs> he was willing for everyone to think he was the bad guy. That's 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 a real good person. It's not about yeah. thinking everyone's a good person. It's about their relationship with themselves, them knowing their intention. And I think that is one of the biggest things to heal is your need for the world to think you're really good and pure because of I am...
1: authenticity. I am so glad you said that. That is one thing about my husband that I will say, I think people hated the most was he wasn't going to be different because he was at your home or we were in church or we were anywhere else in public. If he was going to yell at our kids and get them in check, he would do it right. He was very much, um, he was in the military and he was very much black and white and this is how it is. And there's no room for anything else. Because of my trauma, that made me panic. And so I was very much the other side of things where I didn't want things. You got to listen to the kids and you have to give them room to speak and you have to, and he's like, they don't need to ask why. I'm just going to tell them and they need to do it. But is that trauma? Because that's control. Yelling and Mm. someone is trauma. But control is, my control is from trauma, right? The control became of the trauma that I went through and so I didn't understand it took me years to figure this out there is a time and a place to explain for them to learn and there's a time and a place for obedience and taking direction and just doing what you're told Mm -hmm. and I had such an issue with that because he seemed so harsh that I was way too lenient. And what we've learned from our kids, and I absolutely love this, is they look to him as the nurturer, not me. Wow. They look at me and go, if I need something, mom can do mom will take care of it. Yeah. If I need something done, I need to get somewhere. I need something. Yeah. She will provide mm-hmm. those things for me. She'll make sure I get it, whatever means possible. But if I need to talk and I want to just have this conversation and I need nurturing, which is so crazy to me that my kids say, have said that at one time or another, because I was the nurturer. I was the one that comforted them and was there for them. But to them, it was, I was feeling a need. Huh. It was just really interesting. Yeah. And
0: fascinating. And it's I, so I... important.
1: I gotta say I get nervous at the
0: idea of yelling at kids because I've I've I'm really uh, I've read a lot about how yelling has the same thing as hitting in their brain. Mm. The same. So I, I, I've gotta say I flinch at the idea of kids being yelled at because they think I wanna see them as God and as wise and as people that are in a foreign country and don't know the language and yelling at them is not gonna teach them the language. Mm. Inviting them in yeah. and teaching them the language is gonna help them do better. So I yeah and and
1: maybe yelling is the bad word to use, but you know, when you get that stern and you raise your voice and you, you know, you get a little louder to get their attention. I guess to me, I just call it yelling, but it's you know the same difference to it's it's as it's as distinct from like that
0: traumatic situation where someone's like screaming abuse at you. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. No, (laughs) that's it's more just being firm. Right. Yeah. Right. And and you know, he 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 was that person and yeah. he would not hide that. Yeah. And that was I think one of the biggest problems people had was yeah. He didn't fake being anything. He, it wasn't about being who everybody else wanted him to be. He yeah. just was who he was and you accept anything. him or not. And he's like whatever. And me, I'm over here going I need to be accepted. Yeah. I will adapt and become whatever you want me to be. I will be the people pleaser.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he you just fell it in himself and he's like well let you can think what you think. I'm going to be myself. So he was like actual real authenticity, which is why the children don't feel like they can bring all of themselves to him because if he embraced all of himself, he'll probably embrace all of them as well. I, there's, uh, there are some points I don't want to miss on touching on. One is the point where you said you'll never be a prophet in your own land. I was just profound. Mm-hmm. And I really want to touch on that point, just for anyone that is in what I call the space between that, When you go through personal transformation when you go from for example being this people pleaser that is living from the shoulds the ought tos from pleasing everyone else and you actually decide i'm going to actually start living from within this is a really common thing or when you start listening to your own inner ding so you met your husband and you just trusted it and you didn't outsource that approval and that was confronting to other people because Uh, it was an inner directed decision. So when you start actually trusting yourself and being inner directed, it can come from a lot with a lot of resistance and people will fall away. And the people Mm -hmm. that you thought should have your back, they're over here thinking they're a hero while they're being highly, like while they're really neglecting you, they will abandon you, but tell everyone else why you're so bad when literally you're in the toughest season of your life. Right? Mm -hmm. Like I can relate after I had my kids, I wanted to parent different to a lot of my network. And I wanted to, you know, breastfeed a lot and sleep with my kids and all this sort of stuff. And that was really confronting to a lot of people. And instead of seeing me as a vulnerable mother that probably let's not judge her, let's just support her, mother the mother. It was just like, no, let's let's uh, smear her to everyone and say what a bad person is she and abandon her in her season of most need. And so I really relate to um, the falling away of people that think they're good people and they abandon the most vulnerable, but they cast the vulnerable as the bad. And it's it's like this really intense thing to go through. And I would say some people think, oh, when I'm authentic and I just be myself, everyone will love me. No, when you're authentic and you just be yourself, um, the prize that you get is your relationship with yourself. You will lose, and, and 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 that's how you'll know that you've actually got that relationship with yourself because you are willing to lose it all to get it all. You are willing to lose others so that you don't lose yourself. And I think that almost tests your faith as well. If you believe in God, well, can you let your relationship with God be bigger than, than what other people are saying? And it's the same with marriage. You will know it's the one when you're willing to kind of lose everything because that connection there is so strong, even if other people can't see it at uh, the more you love your decisions, the less you need other people too. But that doesn't mean it's not scary. And I love that saying, you'll never be a prophet in your own land, because I think a lot of people, they're called into a transformation. They're called into moving from living from external validation to, moving, uh, to living from internal inspiration. And what that usually means is you probably, eventually you'll change your inner world, and eventually your inner world is gonna change and create a whole new outer world. And so yes, you'll have the old fall away, but if you keep going and you get through the space between, where you have a chapter where you are pretty lonely, and it is less than than one hand of people. That if you're lucky, you've got one hand. I had a chapter where I feel like I had right. two or three people, <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know, uh, and if you keep moving, eventually a whole new reality, and a whole new network, a whole new land that sees you through whole new eyes will appear. It's certainly been my experience, Um, but it's so scary if you're in it. So I just wanted to touch on that for anyone that was actually in that chapter, because that feels like, oh, I've made a terrible decision. (laughs) This is terrifying. But if you keep going and you keep trusting, if it hasn't all come together yet, keep trusting, keep trusting yourself and keep going because, then the new the new does come. And once you get there, it was so much better than what you've ever had beforehand, because it's actually it's actually been created from who you really are. It's actually a fit for you instead of living a lie. You get to live your truth. So I think that was such an important point. But I also don't want to miss the opportunity to ask. You've obviously got a lot of wisdom on having um the relationship struggle of the infidelity and that sort of stuff. Um, why do you think you got through that like do you have tips for people that are going through that i mean you had like that was three years in and now you're 21 years in so you've had like another what 17 years or so uh, 18 years of an amazing relationship that maybe another couple might have lost out on had they handled
1: it differently so so what, i think one of the most important things um one I was going into this conversation knowing full well my husband would probably say I'm done, I'm out, Yeah. right? Um, I was prepared for that and I completely understood it. He had every right to, to decide that. Yeah. We are together because of him. It was his grace for me, it was, excuse me, it was his understanding that there's got to be something really wrong beyond what we recognized if this is what's happening. And he was in love with me. I'm in love with you. And in our vows, it says that we will, for better or worse, and this is worse. And if I wanted to make an effort, he was willing to make an effort.
0: I just want to acknowledge you as well, though, because you had the courage to have, a, obviously, a very transparent conversation and to welcome him into the situation. It sounds like you were honest and forthcoming, and you had the courage to put honesty with him ahead of just keeping the
1: relationship at all costs. Um, I shared a little bit. I actually didn't share everything with him in that conversation. Um, He felt that I wasn't being fully honest. And it wasn't until seven years later did he get the full story. Mm. Okay. And again, I was ready for him to be like, you lied to me for seven years. And you're, you know, you didn't tell me everything and you had the opportunity to. And so I figured he'd be like, that is a deal breaker, right? And I, the one thing that was so important in all of this, I was so broken, I was so broken. I still am, to be honest. I didn't understand, I couldn't comprehend, how another person could actually love me that much. I don't understand what that is. I couldn't understand what that love is, what that means. Mm. Because before him, it was just being in love with someone wanting me Mm. because I didn't, I had no value in myself at all. Mm. I had been suicidal. I had so many issues. And so I still hadn't fully comprehended that someone could actually be in love with me like that. Mm. And he was. And so I realized. If he can be all in like this and he can forgive me and say that he forgives me and give me grace for my brokenness. That means I can also forgive myself, which he forgave me long before I ever forgave myself. And we made it work. We went to um, our church and talked to our pastor and we started marriage counseling with them. And we did what we could to put things like to, to repair and keep moving forward it wasn't about going back to where we were before it happened it was how do we repair and move forward mm. and can't and trust once it's broken and my kids will tell you that like that's one of the things like don't lie to me be honest and we'll figure it out and we can move forward from there. Being honest with my husband allowed us room to heal and recover and keep moving forward in our marriage. When you lie to someone, you break trust in such a way that it's very hard to repair. And so I told my kids, no matter what you would tell me, it's I would rather you tell me the truth and us deal with it and face it then you lie to me. Mm. Kids are gonna lie to you anyway. They, They don't think that's a magic word to sentence to say to them, it's not gonna change anything, right? But at least they knew how I felt about it. And that was why, because it almost destroyed our family. And going through this, there's a lot of conversations that need to happen. There's a lot of inner work that needs to happen. There's a lot of rebuilding trust and having grace for the person that was hurt. And I would say for anyone going through something similar, one, you have to make a choice. If you're the person being unfaithful, you have to choose. At that point, I was planning to leave my husband. I was trying to figure it out. I didn't feel like we were in love anymore. Um, I didn't feel like we loved each other. In fact, I think we hated each other at that point. And it was a decision like, do I want to put effort? And it was actually my oldest son who looked at me and said, And granted, he was little because I had the conversation. I was like, I I think, you know, I just want to let you know that we're probably going to be leaving. And he, I love him. I love my kids. It was just this thing that he would always, since he was two, whenever he had something really serious, he would just grab my face with his hands and really gently and go, mom. And he would tell me his wisdom. And he was, let's see five, six. Eight. He was eight at the time, eight, nine, when this was happening. And he's, he, I was sitting on the floor and he just kneels down in front of me and he gently grabs my face and says, mom, you can we can't leave. He goes, I don't want my younger siblings to not have their dad. Like we don't have ours. Oh. And it made me realize that, oh, this wasn't just about me. There was so much more going on in our marriage than it just being about me and my husband. It was our issues with how we parented. We argued about it all the time. We weren't on the same page on so many things. And so us working so hard to get on the same page, parenting, I will tell you, we've never been on the same page to this day. We, It was, it's still a struggle we are better but we st- we've been able to get closer right and so i just want to encourage you that if you're going through something like this know that one this didn't just happen overnight it wasn't just a random in the moment thing it's because there is a breakdown of communication somewhere in your relationship where you're not on the same page and you're drifting you're drifting and you're drifting and you're drifting. And you, there, you have to choose now. Do I really want to step out of this marriage? Or do I want to honor my vows? And is there a way to salvage? Right? Either side that you're on in this situation and make a decision because the longer you wait, The longer it goes on, the worse it's going to be, the worse it's going to get, the harder it is on everyone involved. And it impacts your current and future children. Whether you have kids now or not, it will impact them in the future if you don't make a decision now and work through that. But you have to work together and you have to work individually. You can't just wait around and expect the other person to fix everything because they're the ones that were unfaithful because there's so many things that were already going on when that started like there was things on both sides that people were not you know the husband and the wife both both partners were not doing what they needed to be doing to be in a good space right we can't just sit around and expect one person to fix everything is it possible for one person to come in and do everything they can to make everything better yeah should it have to be that way no when i think of marriage a lot of people say it's 50 50 and i completely disagree it is hundred percent and hundred percent you give a hundred percent of your own you take a hundred percent responsibility for all of your stuff even if your stuff was one percent of the situation you own your part mm-hmm. and then you hold each other accountable to who they say they want to become Mm. and check each other. (laughs) It's not about keeping score. It is truly about, you said you wanted to be this way and you're not doing that in this moment. Like this is not okay. Mm. It gives the other person the opportunity to be like, oh, I'm really not. But it's also important to remember that when someone's in a heightened sense of a heightened space of emotions, Mm. you cannot have a rational conversation with them. Yeah.
0: Mm. Mm. And
1: stepping away is the hardest thing for me. I am a talker. I want to dive into the problem. I want to fix it right now. And my husband is like, I need space. I need to process. Yeah. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me. (laughs) Right. And so we have to give each other room Mm. to process how we process, be respectful of each side yeah. And let yourselves come to a decision together of how to move forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, you can love something, someone, whatever, but it's being in love with someone that you don't turn off. That is a soul thing. That is a deep inner thing where you are in love with someone, mm-hmm. but right now you, you are like, you despise them, but you know you are in love with them, mm-hmm. right? If you just... Oh, I, I love them. I don't love them. I could live or live with them or without them. That's not being in love with someone. There's a difference between loving someone and being in love with someone. Mm, mm, mm. And so just recognizing where you are, what you're going through, knowing that if you're having issues, don't you think the other person is too, because we all have issues. We all have a past. We all have things that have contributed to our perspective in marriage in parenting in relationships in everything and and we have to have grace for each other and it is hard work mm. Mm. a doesn't marriage change. that lasts isn't mm. success yes it doesn't matter if you've been married 20 40 50 years mm. if you are miserable together mm. it's not a successful marriage yeah. years yeah. doesn't mean success yeah. what yeah. makes it a what makes it a good marriage mm. is that you have each other's back even on your worst day, when you're so angry with each other, because it will happen, that you still have their back. Mm. That you will still do the the same things for them on your worst day that you would on your best day. Mm. If you show up for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a a team sport and it's a commitment and it's it's a showing up. You know it's an action it's a choice that you choose to honor your commitment yeah
1: yeah every day it's a choice every single day
0: gosh that was so powerful I mean uh, you,
1: <laughs> it's been incredible talking
0: to you like it's just there is so much in here and so much. I love that you go deep and you're real because I think you're saying it and that's so courageous and beautiful, but there's like so many people that are also living it that aren't saying it. And I think just by you being the embodiment of actually speaking about it, it's that alone is healing. That alone gives permission for people to admit that life is not perfect. And that that's okay. it actually, everyone's going through it. It's just who's speaking about it and who's not. <laughs> but everyone is going through it. And I think there's so much pressure in thinking that we have to have it perfect and glossy and you know uh, whatever. But like real love is messy. Real life is messy. And I love that you've you know you've been so generous to unpack some of the mess today, uh, and and how to get through it. I mean, magical, magical. You you mentioned briefly that you work with entrepreneurs and things, so. Where can people find out more about how you're of service how like what you offer
1: yeah um they can go to dinaadams.com dina adams. um that's my website they can find my podcast there how, how they can work with me um and pretty much on any social media platform it's either dina adams or dina s adams which is in s is in sam um so that's how they can find me pretty much on any platform what's your podcast um, called it is called Walking With You in Life, Faith and Business. Amazing, amazing.
0: Wow, is there anything that you really wanted to share of relationships that you haven't had a chance to today because I haven't really asked you the question um, or you just were like, oh, that was a really important point and I haven't been able to make it. Is there anything left that that you feel is left unsaid?
1: Yeah, actually there's there's one thing that I, I guess it's two things. Um, one, I would say stop comparing your behind the scenes to everybody else's um, spotlight Mm
0: -hmm. to their
1: best moments, right? We look at social media and we look at everybody's, what everybody wants to share. Mm. And we compare that to the crap that we're going through now. We're comparing it to us sitting on the floor in the bathroom crying because we don't know how to move forward because everything's coming, crashing down today. Mm. Right. We have to stop comparing us to anybody else because we were not made to be like anybody else. We were made to be unique. And part of the stress and issues is we're trying to be like someone, something else. Mm. The other thing I want to say is we were told we will have trials in this life. Scripture tells us that you will have trials and tribulations. And I sent, God says, I sent my son to save you from your sins And when he left this world, I sent the Holy spirit to walk with you. So you will always have me with you in everything that you go through. There's a scripture in Psalms 23, and it talks about walking through the valley of death. It doesn't say stop in the valley and die Mm -hmm. and let everything take, take over. He says, we are told that God will walk with us through everything. And so as long as we continue to try to get our life to look perfect all the time, as long as we try to make everything be as if everything's always going to be okay, we are constantly lying to ourselves and creating a reality that is not real. And we are no longer allowing ourselves to live in the reality that is happening around us. And we become extremely disconnected. And when we do that, It creates even more problems in our life. So learn to embrace all the good, all the crazy, all the ups and downs, be okay, not being perfect. And if other people don't like it, oh, well, like, because they're not perfect either. And when I started getting vulnerable first with my family and revealing my life to them, um, It changed everything for me. It's our self-discovery is a never-ending journey. We will always be on it. So never believe that you have arrived or you have to get to a certain level. Keep growing every day and work on that relationship with yourself because unless you're working on that relationship with yourself, you cannot improve anything else in your life realistically you might be able to do it in theory and it might seem that way in the reality you create in your head but until you actually embrace that and live that out and become self aware and really accept everything as it is you will continue to live a lie that you think is real Mm,
0: mm, mm. yeah and I think um, a lot of people are too scared to even look inside or to do something real because there's so much fear of what's on the other side. They're in the comfort zone that a fake mask or a fake reality is better than the abyss, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, so, I, yeah, it's it takes a lot of courage and it's worth it. And also, I think it helps to think there's always someone walking or a, a, an energy, a spirit, a God, uh, the Holy Spirit, always walking with you through it like you're not alone. Life will support you when you're moving from your inner, from your inner mm-hmm. Uh And yes, it can be scary. And so, yes. that's like getting help and getting support um, is really... Oh, important. yes.
1: Yeah. Oh, yes. I always encourage my clients to have a mental health support system, if possible, around them to be there when they have something come up that they need help processing through and healing from, because that's what mental health providers are for is to help you heal through, right? I think a lot of times nowadays we turn to coaches to help us heal and the coaches aren't there to help us heal. They're there to help us move forward and take steps to keep growing. Mm. They're there to help pull the greatness out of us to help us see what we don't. Mm. But the mental health providers are there to help us heal from learn how to process our emotions and and heal from the trauma. And I mean, I've even worked with coaches and mental with other mental health providers mm. with my clients so we could team together. Mm. I got to so say, it, I it's both really I, a... both.
0: <laughs> I, go, I go into people's bodies and we go, we go in and we alchemize and we, I'm very much yeah. into the, uh, yeah, I, I resonate as a healer. And then we, yeah, make, then we future pace but I don't think you can move forward until you pull the blocks out. So I do both. Yeah. People do do both. Um, but yeah, yeah. You definitely need both if you actually want a transformation.
1: Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Dina, it's there's... been such an honor. Thank oh you for God. having me and allowing me to speak and open up and share this with your audience. I I really hope and pray that there was at least one person today that said, okay, I, I can choose to go another day. I can choose to keep going. That's that's an important thing. And that can be a hard thing and a lonely thing to just not know if you can keep going to the next day. So I will just say, I am living proof that you can choose life when everything inside of you is telling you not to.
0: Wow, Dina, you are a blessing, uh, your very presence is healing your uh, courage to actually let life be expressed through you uh, is. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's healing. It is. It feels like a voice of of the Holy Spirit, like it feels very. Ah, uh, healing, healing. So I think thank you so much for being brave and courageous so that others can feel pulled up in into the light by seeing someone else stand in it. Uh, really powerful really powerful really important because i think uh, people are just searching for a drop of love a drop of connection and to see themselves or hear their journey and someone else could be the very thing that makes them feel less alone and more connected and to realize wow if dina adams exists out there who else exists out there that also gets me that also understands um so thank you thank you yeah thank you for being here and sharing Uh, your heart, soul, mind, body, spirit with us today. Really appreciate it.
1: It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you.
0: What a powerful episode that was. What a powerful story that was. And what an important story that was. Just to bring everyone together, to connect, um, and to give hope to people that maybe, you know, who knows maybe they're at that point where it's all just fallen apart like we saw with Dina at the start of her story how you know she just finds out that oh my gosh uh, thank goodness someone was arrested because they were plotting to kill me <laughs> um, and I I can't even begin to uh, fully comprehend uh, or, or know how you know uh, I don't have the embodied knowledge of what that moment must be like Um, And I think for anyone that's got a challenge going on or it feels like life has fallen apart or life has really just given them a smackdown, I think I'm hoping that you take inspiration from Dina's courage and wisdom to, to surrender it over to a higher power, to whatever higher power you resonate with, but to ultimately, you know, hand a bit of trust to life, to God, to a universal energy that has our back, the universe having our back, whatever it is that lands with you or is your faith. Um, Yeah, I think there is something something certainly powerful in that and what what a moment when this person turns up with the golden light and wow I mean it was just it just what a story like I did not expect to unpack something so interesting on on this podcast honestly I'm I'm kind of in awe of this story I think it's going to stick with me for quite some time I think I'll be almost integrating and processing you know what is life (laughs) and adding this as another data point of of you know just being open to, you know, not knowing everything about life and always learning and staying open to hearing about new experiences that just that one story starts to kind of change your worldview and and, change, and, and open up the door for you to think about life a bit differently or with a, a, a broader understanding of how, you know, we really just don't fully understand everything that's going on and we need to keep an open mind and, and absolutely have... This feeling that something, someone, some energy has our back and is looking out for us. Uh, If only we will stop getting in their way uh, by trying to come from fear and rigidly control every little bit of our life. If only we will let go and let that energy actually have room to do its magic. Um, So that was just a brilliant episode. All right. So I'm Elise Peck, your host. If you'd like to find out more about me, you can head to my website, elisepeck.com, E-L-I-S-E-P-E-C-K. Uh, I will put in the show notes how to get how to find Dina Adams and how to find me. Um, and if you know anyone with an incredible love story, please recommend that they head to my website, elisepeck.com, and they go to the book now tab and they they click uh, book a podcast interview and they book an interview with me so that I can collect their love story, so that we can learn uh, from their wisdom, from their story, more about love so we can be students of love and uh, take hope, wisdom, inspiration, and, and lessons from those who have mastered relationships, from those who have got and kept the love that they want in their life. Alright, and if you, uh, where you're at right now in your life, you, you feel like you want to go to the next level, you're feeling either stuck, or you're feeling an inner pull that there's more, or you're feeling an inner curiosity toward me, or a, a some sort of knowing or suspicion that that there is there is something inside of me that uh, could just be the energy that, that takes you to the ne- that next level, or to, to help you get the result that you want, um, please go to my website, leastpeak.com, and find the book a one-on-one free strategy call with me uh, You know it, that's subject to availability, if, it's avail- if the button's on the website and you can find a time in the calendar it means it's available um, I do book out from time to time, but that as at the moment that I'm recording this, I do believe there is some availability to click on the book a free call with me, and that's a short call where we talk about where you currently are, where you want to get to And uh, we notice the alchemy of the chemistry between us because compatibility is is so important in every aspect of your life. And especially with those that are gonna help you and support you in unleashing your greatness. Uh, That only happens when there's a real compatible chemistry going on. Um, So we'll check on the connection between us uh, and we'll check where you are, where you wanna go and explore if one-on-one coaching might be just that thing, just the container to propel you to that next level. All right, and uh, other than that, please join me for another episode of Love with Elise Peck and share share with anyone that you feel could benefit from getting more love in their life. Which I think is everyone, whether you're single or coupled up. I mean, I I'm almost 17 years into my my love story, and I think, and my my relationship with my life partner, my husband, and I'm I'm getting so much value out of these conversations. Um, we can always do with more wisdom, more insight, more mastery when it comes to relationships. Because for me, I don't think there's anything else more important than actually having deep connection, deep satisfying connection in my life. And who better to learn from than the relationship masters that are actually getting this result, right? Just makes sense. It's just a great success (laughs) principle. And uh, if you enjoyed and you got some value out of today or any episode, please review the podcast, give it five stars so that the algorithms or whatever can can let more people know that this thing exists uh, and share the show with anyone that could benefit. All right. Thanks and bye for now.